Hi everyone, super excited to be here and to welcome you to our Connectal Con on Wholeness, which is a new um, part of the well-being series in Connectal. My name is Ayala Barron and my co-host is Tim McDonald. Wave Tim. Hello everyone. <laughs> and together um, in 2019, we're curating the Connected People channel because people matter deeply. And we want to have real conversations with real people. And I want to welcome our wonderful um, speakers and participants here, and also anyone who is watching and listening to us as well. Uh, we're super excited to, for, for you to be here or to be experiencing one of the replays. Um, Connectal is an amazing platform uh, looking at connected work and connected life. It's a place for conversations connections and circles, a space to co-create connections, which is really important uh, today and in the future. And if you want to find out more, you can visit the website at connectal.com. Uh, we host regular conversations on connected people, organizations, and economies, and would love to have you join us as we move forward, both as a participant or a guest or in the conversation that's taking place. Um, we hope we uh, also um, would like to uh, let you know that we're having a whole bunch of series of, of different conversation when it comes to people. So if you have an idea, as Tim and I would love to hear from you as well, since we're always evolving. Tim, maybe you can ask our, our wonderful people here to introduce themselves. I'm, I'm moving it on to you. All right. Well, thank you, Ayelet. And um, I'm just really excited to be here as part of this. Um, it's, uh, it's just great to bring people together that some I know, some I don't know. And so this is what learning and having conversations is all about. So um, if I could just ask each of you to, you know, um, just introduce yourselves in a quick minute um, and tell us a little bit about, you know, what your link is to well-being and share what you've learned about this subject. You know, particularly, I think in the last 12 months would be really helpful. So maybe Van, if we if we start with you, um, just give us a quick introduction and kind of how how you got here to be with us today. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I go way back with Tim on the community side of things, but um, uh, for the last four years, I've been running well-being programs for Google employees globally, and uh, they've been community-based programs. And uh, you know, I when Tim said that you want to talk about connection and about well-being. Said sign me up. Actually, you'll notice if you see my LinkedIn profile, I'm not actually in that role at present. I just recently transitioned back into um, developer relations work with communities, but I'm continuing to be a well-being champion within my organization. In fact, I just gave a talk last week on sustainable developer relations uh, for my uh, colleagues. So that's me, Van Riper. Fantastic. And I think you actually got the role um, uh, doing that because you lived it and you practiced it <laughs> while you were doing something else before that. So it's, well, it's well yeah, that, that might come up in more conversation, but like I, that's been like a, I've been, I'm a repeat, like I, I do 120% project on something and then that becomes my main job. So that's how I started Google in the first place to do the community developer relations work. That's how I started doing this work. I did it as a volunteer for a year and went into it and now I'm back. Again, I started doing some volunteer back in developer relations land and they they recruited me back. So 
It's just what I do. <laughs> I make my own jobs as I go. <laughs> That's my mom. <laughs> so Janet, uh, welcome. You want to do the same? Uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your connectedness to be here. Thank you. Well, in my community work goes back many, many years ago to when the internet used to be a community and we really believed in community and uh, it just kept growing and growing. And I've worked in a lot of different areas, social media, digital marketing, all of that stuff. And then a few years ago, um, my partner got cancer and I started really diving into how am I going to get through this and really understanding that the best way to do that was through mindfulness and really started exploring Search Inside Yourself and the Compassion Center at Stanford and all kinds of places to really immerse myself in how can I help people be better at taking care of themselves and taking care of other people. And I think that's just incredibly crucial and it's kind of the guiding force in my life. And so that's what I do now. I work with people around mindfulness, emotional intelligence, at work and at home to just kind of be best, be their best selves. Well, thank you for sharing that, Janet. It's been uh, great knowing you over the years too, and um, and just you know how you share with everybody. So I'm I'm so glad you're here to to share a little bit more with us through this conversation. Um, it's gonna be fun. And and, um, and not not last, um, but uh, and the person I don't know yet, um, but I know it through Ayelet, and as soon as I saw her come on, I saw her Be Good to People shirt. So uh, Michelle, introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about how you got here today. Well, my name is Michelle Robin. I'm in Kansas City, right in the heart of the United States. And um, I met Ayelet in Mexico at a speaking engagement. Gosh, it's been three years ago, 2015. And uh, that's, but uh, as far as well-being, I'm here, um, got long short, short long story, um, got hurt playing sports at the age of 15. My mom took me to the hospital, nothing was broken, took me to the chiropractor. And so I've been in this space for 38 years and been fascinated by watching it evolve over the last, uh, for sure, couple decades. And I love helping people put the odds in their favor by taking small changes that will lead to big shifts. So this is my, I'm in this space 24 seven. Great. It's so great to see you, Michelle, and um, I'm so glad our paths crossed because talking about wholeness and well-being is really important. Um, we're, we're at this incredible inflection time in history right now, and many people are um, making major changes in life, and, and life is changing at a very fast pace for a lot of people. There's some people who are um, leaving corporate America and deciding to do something different and yet there's no safety net there for a lot of people who are making big changes. There are people um, thriving within corporate America and then there are people that are really trying to look for balance and wholeness and even today I was uh, going to a meeting and I felt like I played a little bit of a therapist to my uh, ride-sharing driver um, because he was asking me about wholeness which I thought was really was really curious on the day that we're holding this conversation. Mm -hmm. And he was asking me a lot about how do you find yourself? How do you find your path? Um, how do 
you get to self-awareness and you know he almost didn't let me get out of the car by the time we left and so I told him to dial into this conversation tonight and what I'd love to ask um, each one of us is really you know this this journey that we're on to wholeness and self-awareness um, where and, and in big parts of the world there's a lot of blaming the other there's a you know there's all these modern day afflictions like busyness or or you know some people are even like um, saying that technology is evil and and we got to get back somewhere somewhere to our humanity we have to move away from blaming and complaining to really remembering that we're these amazing creators here on this earth and we have just opportunity and and a way to look at mindset so I just want to set the tone for this conversation to really talk about things that you're passionate about and how do we move from you know this this notions of right and wrong or, or good or bad and move into what's healthy and unhealthy when it comes to our belief system to the people we put into our lives the food we consume so maybe we can start a little bit of a conversation a holistic conversation of what being whole and, and well-being means to you um, so again uh, somebody just jump in uh, who is being feeling called to this question and this conversation. And I know everybody's going to talk at the same time. So this can be pretty fun. I'll, I'll jump in just because I'm unmuted at the moment from speaking last. For me, uh, well-being means happiness. And so as I'm talking to corporate audiences and I'll bring up who wants to be more well, and people think that's a lot, it's a lot of hard work. But when you say who wants to be happier, everybody's hand goes up. And so, um, I think the conversation from my perspective and uh, needs to shift from this whole fit notion around health as we know it as, 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 as the obesity and the diabetes to self-worth and self-love. And so if we help people really fall in love with who they are and who they were designed to be, they'll make the right choices. But um, I believe we're having the wrong conversation that we're not talking about what's really important is, is when I love myself, I'm not able to hurt another person because I realize we're all connected. So that's a little bit of my take on it. I really love where you went with that because for me, wholeness is really about just being grounded and where you are in that moment. It's about being okay, being present, whether that's good or bad, because it's not gonna be happy all the time. But if you can look around you and find some spark, some point of brightness that you can bring into your life, then that little bit of happy can stick around and you can find yourself being a lot more balanced and a lot more comfortable with where you are because we're not all going to be happy. We're not all going to be physically comfortable all the time. And we have to recognize that that's part of our wholeness too, whether the good and the bad, both sides. Yeah, I, I'll jump in here. I think if, um, there's like one message that I would want to, to share is, is that uh, I, this is actually comes from uh, Eleanor Brown. Self-care is not selfish. And you can't, you cannot serve from an empty vessel. And especially for people that do community work, we're always helping others. And I, I'll just throw one other idea out there. I mean, we do hear about the thing about put your oxygen mask on first, but the thing is, I, I don't like that, honestly, because I mean, I don't want to be more, I don't, to me, what that brings to mind is the plane's going down, it's about to crash. <laughs> we, I, 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 uh, example I like better is monitoring your oxygen tank levels. 
Um, uh, there was a story which actually had a very happy ending for the most part. The, the boys in the cave, they all got out alive. But there was one expert diver. He's very expert in how to, to work with tank levels. He was laying out the oxygen tanks for everyone else, but he was so focused on making sure everyone else was taken care of, he wasn't paying attention to his own oxygen level. He's the one person who didn't survive that, that, that incident. And so that's where the self-awareness comes in. You know, it's like if you can take time for self-awareness and because and, I don't see well-being as like, it's not like you get there. It's like, oh, now I'm well. <laughs> it's like our well-being is always on a spectrum, you know? And so it's like, where am I at today? Where's my tank levels? Maybe I'm at a good space and I can be there for other people. Maybe today is the day I need to take care of myself so that tomorrow I can be there for someone else. I guess I'll stop there. I'll talk for a bit there. <laughs> we talk a lot about um, fake news. Anybody heard about that topic of fake news? <laughs> but, you know, one thing I'm, I'm noticing a lot uh, lately is that you know, people don't necessarily show up as who they are, you know, they're, you know, it, it, it like a couple a couple of years ago, maybe it was when we were in Mexico, Michelle, I don't remember, you know, I realized that we can't really see ourselves unless we look in a mirror or unless we see the reflection. And yet the beauty industry is like a, a multi-billion dollar industry. And we're so focused on the external side of things and not enough on our own internal health. And I loved, I loved what everybody had to say about the self-awareness because I think that self-love has gotten confused with narcissism, um, which is alive and well as well. Um, I'm sure everybody's experienced a, a level of that. And, and where are the lines? How do we get back to like, the trust and the empathy and the compassion or or are we there i mean what are your thoughts about um how do we become whole as human beings that understand that to be human is to have a full range of emotions from sadness to happiness we've got all this corporate stuff happening right now about happiness but unless unless we fail we don't learn i mean i love failing and i do it really well um what what are your thoughts about that Hmm. Well, failure is good. We know that failure is good. It's the only way we learn things, but it feels bad sometimes. Uh, you know, I think the difference for me is, or the issue for me is that when people are at work, they stop being who they are at home. And that doesn't feel right in the office. And sure, there may be some professionalism issues or things that you know, need to be addressed or need to be dealt with. But if you're not really actually who you are at work, it feels like fake news. It feels off. And you don't get that deep engagement with other people. You get left out of things, meetings, promotions, all of those things that perhaps are what matter to you because you're not really you and people don't trust you. So when you can bring those elements of who you are as a human being from home and work in both places, life is a heck of a lot easier. We don't have to struggle so much. And it's the struggle that's the problem, not whether we are this person or that person. And as far as physical appearance goes, who cares? Really, who cares? <laughs> I just, Janet, I just wanted to, to ask you about this because it's something that, you know, I, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of different people in the workplace and, and a lot of workplaces don't let people be themselves. 
And so how do you, how, you know, what advice can you give to somebody who's, you know, I mean, they say they're stuck, right? But I don't know if they're truly stuck or not. And I'm just kind of curious because it sounds great when we can say we can show up as ourselves in the workplace, but I don't think that's the reality of what most people are facing today. And I'm just kind of curious if maybe you can expand on that a little. Well, it does kind of depend on who yourself is, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, if you are an absolute extrovert and you have to dance every day, okay, maybe you need to tone it down a little bit, but in your core, in your heart, you're still that person. And it's that what's in your heart, what's in your soul that really matters. And you can take that anywhere, no matter what the constraints of the job are. I've worked with people in the financial industry who felt like they were really constrained by how they could communicate to other people, what they could say, what they could do, how they could perform their job. But everyone who contact, who encountered them knew kind of who they were. They got a, a sense of their essence. And so that's what I mean about really being yourself is, is that essence coming through or are you completely masking it? And then that for me is a problem. Does that answer your question, Tim? Yeah, no, I think that's that's great because I think most people when they sit when they hear <laughs> that they need to be themselves in the workplace, they're thinking like they're bringing everything of themselves into the workplace. And I think you brought up a, a, a great, you know, a great example of what being yourself in the workplace means, which doesn't have to be the same for everybody, but it's being true to who you are. So yes, that definitely did help. And I'd love, you know, Van or, or Michelle, if you want to jump in too, please uh, don't let this just be us calling on you. <laughs> well, well, I would, I would add to that. I think I feel like a lot of people don't even know who they are. So how, when you say, let me bring myself to work, well, I'm so disconnected from what myself is or who I am for many reasons. And so, um, I, I think it's a, a nice gesture, but I, people are lost. That's my perception of, of counseling. And, you know, I'm face to face with people every single day, one-on-one -on -one and then in groups. And, and you can ask people what they want and they don't know. And they, so I, I believe people don't know who they are. That's a valid uh, point for sure. How do you think people get there? Because I think, I think I, you know, um, coming from after firing myself, myself from corporate America, I, I don't see, the difference today between work and life. I just see life and I see life as a big adventure and work just being part of it. But Michelle, I think that a lot of people so define themselves, like when you go to, uh, to an event or, or you sit at a dinner and you say to people who, you know, tell me about yourself, you know, nine and a half out of 10 people would say, you know, I work here, this is what I do, but people don't talk about what they love, what they don't love. So what are some suggestions that you have about this journey, Michelle? Well, speaking for myself, as I, you know, as you, as you age, and I'm in my, my fifth decade, and um, I'm getting more and more comfortable with who I am. For instance, I was just with um, 100 businesswomen in um, 
the Dominican, we take a trip every year and we had a new person on the trip that was kind of feeling awkward and she's also we're the same age. And I remember I just was reflecting and I'm thinking, okay, here I am in the Dominican Republic. I can't tolerate alcohol very well. Not that I don't try, but I just, it's not my, my body doesn't tolerate it. I'm, I'm pretty, a, a white body, so I burn in the sun and I like to go to bed at 930. So uh, I, you think, why would you go to a place with a bunch of women who are staying up late, who are drinking, who are sitting in the sun? And I came to the realization that there's a gift that I bring that they don't bring. And I just have to go and show up and be myself and, and stay true, my true north. But it takes, it takes time. You get wisdom with age. And I think we hear that when we're 20, we're like, yeah, whatever. I've got the wisdom now. And all of a sudden you're like, well, I can see it backwards. So if I had a magic wand, I would encourage our parents to not only seek the advice of counsel on a regular basis, you would call it a, a counselor, a therapist, a, a mindfulness coach, and then also encourage our our children, you know, what I'm working on is how do we make generational change to five to 30 year olds? Because my gender, my parents lost themselves. And then I'm sure maybe my grandparents, and all of a sudden you're gonna go back to the evolution of society. But, but people need to have that connection, which is what you're doing here. They say the opposite of addiction is connection. And so we're addicted to many things. And, and I believe we have to build community like this and we've got to show up for each other, but show up for ourselves and then be true to who you are. I, I can't force myself to drink a lot of alcohol just because it's not who I am. I can push through the barrier and make myself sick, which we, a lot of us do, right? So that's yeah. some of my two senses. Time. I love I love it. I think we're going back to the futurist called Socrates, who said, know thyself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I did want to add a one other dimension, I guess, to this. I mean, well, first of all, I think if you are in touch with, you know, who you are, uh, sometimes being a little more vulnerable about that in the workplace appropriately um, gives other people permission uh, to be more, you know, uh, fully themselves. And I think that's really important thing, especially, uh, I think it's, uh, I'm, a, I'm in the most privileged group, you know, white, male, whatever. And I think we need to be allies for people because sometimes when you show up in your full self, some people will make judgments, like you're too emotional or whatever. And I think it's important that we, um, you know, that, we're, that, that we support each other and by showing up ourselves that way making giving other people permission to show up that way, if that makes sense. I love that because that changes the whole dynamic of the office. If, if one person, a leader or someone who's not a leader takes that initiative to give people permission, then it can really change the trust in the office. So we had a question come in uh, earlier that I want to read you so I don't screw it up. Uh, hopefully I could say screw it up because that's who I am. That's how I talk. Um, and it says Impact Hub Lisbon is an impact organization already working towards creating a better world by empowering people through collaboration and giving space to grow their social business. However, I see people, especially from the older generation and business as usual background, struggling with shifting their mindset, really emerging themselves into a whole new reality and working on themselves first to internalize this wholeness. 
although me and my colleagues truly believe in this and try to live it and be an example every day. In fact, feeling these two worldview within our team and business, which stands for making a change, starts being very frustrating. How can we bring wholeness to these people or make them understand the need? Now, Ayelet, I thought you were gonna try and pronounce the, the last part of that too. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Over to you. Obrigado, viejos viola. I probably did very poorly on that as I as I learned when I was down in Rotan. My uh, my uh, international uh, language is not that great, but. <laughs> I think this is an issue that comes up a lot when we're thinking about different worldviews. And I don't think it's just about generations or age. I think it's people having different mindsets in the workplace of seeing things in, in, a, in a different perspective. Um, what are your thoughts about, you know, wholeness? I mean, when, when I was um, in corporate, you know, I found it fascinating that the marketing department would go out and do its own team building, and then the finance department would do their own, and sales would do their own, and then people would ask, why don't we have a shared purpose, and why is there so much infighting going on when, you know, the, the biggest infighting that happens is between each one of us when people war with ourselves and then we war with each other. So it sounds like, you know, this, this whole notion of how do you bring people on board towards the purpose is, is the deeper question that I see in this. What are some of your thoughts on that? Well, I guess I, I would start with, I mean, this kind of get, gets back into what I, kind of my wheelhouse of working with communities. What I've really seen, like I've worked with these global communities, is that when you bring people together in person and give them opportunities to really make a quality connection that kind of raises the whole level of the communication when they disperse and they're now communicating online again. And, uh, you know, so I, I don't have any silver bullet. I just know that, you know, giving people the opportunities to connect in real life, you know, it's, it's hard, it's much easier to snap at someone online that you've never met in person, but if you've met them and know that they're a decent person and they, they say something that things off, you give them a, you give them the benefit of the doubt and you say, hey, did you really mean that the way it came across versus like snapping at them as soon as they do it, so. The thing that comes to mind for me is, 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 is time and we think about wholeness, um, it's, and I've never been in corporate America, so I want to give you that background. So I'm just going to say my own corporation and my own small business uh, of running it is we want to have that instant gratification. We, a lot of us probably seen the video about the, the, the um, marshmallows, you know, how to get kids to wait for the marshmallows or that instant gratification. But I believe that we are in it for the short term now. And, and, and we think about the healthcare space. Uh, people used to be with a company like an IBM for, you know, they'd start there and they'd end there. And now people are transient. And so same thing is true with health insurance is one an insurance company would have you and they would invest in you because you're going to be with them for a long time. Now, like, well, you know, we don't need to invest because you're going to be gone in two years. Instead of saying, you know what, you're a human, let's invest in humanity and help you 
get the emotional intelligence you, intelligence you need and for you to be the best version of yourself to be happy so that whether you stay with my company or not, you're going to go out and make the world a better place. And so I, I, I believe that we've had a short-sighted view and the same is true in, in, in well-being. People come in and they want to have, um, you know, as a chiropractor, I call it a pop-and-go experience and not realizing that, the, especially in today's times because of so much toxicity, we've got to look at the whole, and that's why we're having this conversation, wholeness. So I believe it, it's, around, it's around the time aspect. It's, and we've got to invest the time. And that's what relationships need. I, and I think the difference between a, maybe a medical doctor and somebody like me, a chiropractor, is I tend to see my patients maybe six to 10 times a year versus maybe every 18 months. And so they, I can see them and I can feel what's changed in their body because we've, and we have a relationship. I can look in their eyes. I can, can see what's shifted in their soul. And you can't do that with that limited contact. And so I think we've been short-sighted. I think something that we've been seeing in corporations a little bit more lately, um, partly because the workforce is changing, is that we're seeing a combination of, you know, the, the younger groups, the millennials, but we're also seeing the older groups and the baby boomers working in the same place. And there's a lot of mindset clash with that. And, you know, there's the old school of how we used to do it. There's the new ways that we used to do it. And bringing those people together and really showing them that there is something that they can learn from each other and giving them opportunities. Chip Conley, um, in his recent book, he's doing some really great work on this that is really bringing kind of that wisdom of the elders. And, you know, as somebody who's an elder, I kind of appreciate that. But I work with a lot of startups where they're incorporating all of these different age groups into the business. And one of the ways that they're getting to really meld is by showing each side of that equation what's really working and what is working for each of them. And then they support each other and they help each other. And when they work together, then the commonality develops and they're much more likely to be open to other ideas. But you have to develop the relationships first. That's why it's a community. It's all about relationships, right? Well, it's, and it's about communication. And I think that, you know, if you walk into an average restaurant um, in different parts of the world today and you start listening to conversations at lunchtime that people are having, they're, they're, they're talking about the dramas. They're talking about, you know, this happened and she did this and he did this and they talked. And you wonder, you know, why it's happening over a lunch conversation with a friend and people can't talk to their boss. People can't talk to their peers because the best selling brand in the world right now is fear. Um, it gets clicks, it gets likes, and it spreads like wildfire. We have so much fear um, everywhere we turn and it's really costing a lot of the well-being because, you know, we're, we're scared and we're worried about you know, to what Michelle said earlier about, I don't even know who I am anymore because I've gotten this manual that told me that this is the way it is. And I think, you know, it's not, it's every generation now is looking for more purpose and meaning and even purpose got greenwashed to a certain degree. Um, and, you know, there's this mythical thing that I'm not gonna swear, but it's called work-life balance, which I don't think really exists. I think there's only life. 
And more and more people are, are looking at that. And I think this, this conversation is so important to also talk and, and share stories um, from your life of, of people you've seen in situations that you've seen um, without just saying, oh, there's a solution to it. But like really the journey of it, I think is important for people to understand. And a, a number of people already mentioned the fact that, you know, as you age, things shift or, or things happen. But I think, you know, we're so caught up with the destination of success and achievement that is costing us a lot of well-being. So I'd love to hear your thoughts about, you know, how do we blow all this stuff up so we have a more whole and meaningful life as human beings on this planet? Just a small little question I have. I love your concept of it's just life because that kind of goes to my previous point about, you know, if, if we are just bringing our life into work and we're still doing our job, we're still doing whatever that role is, but if we can really bring our life into it, we're not going to see as much attrition. We're not going to see as much unhappiness at work where people are just bailing because it sucks here. We don't want that atmosphere and it really takes, you know, bringing life to work. So another another question that I have um, for us is is about you know when you go when you go to a store now and you pick up food it says on it you know the the all the toxic stuff that aren't in it it doesn't tell us like what's in it it tells us no GMO no this no that um, I wish people came with those labels um, <laughs> and I wish, um, I wish beliefs, you know, like, how do you know, uh, Michelle or Van, how do you know, like the toxic stuff, like a lot of the things in the world are about energy. How do you deal with, with that toxicity? Do you just put it in a package and label it or, or what are some of your thoughts of that? Well, well, I think about um, Oprah's last show, whether you're an Oprah fan or not, but Oprah had on her door, you're responsible for the energy you bring in here. And what I'm finding, and I'm, I'm actually wrestling with this, was a great question. What I'm finding is because I'm a fairly calm person on the outside, even though I'm paddling, I call it paddling with purpose on the, on the underneath the, the waters. Um, for me, it's I just want to be the best version of me. I've tried to bring into a conversation positivity and love, and at the same time, be extremely mindful about what pain other people are going through. So I try to use the word I'm curious when somebody is um, reacting or they're uh, you know, you can talk about the political climate. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. I had the opportunity to sit with Ram Das years ago. You heard of Ram Das? Okay. And um, he was so profound for me at that time is, is in the conversation, he said that his guru taught him two things. One, one was to always tell the truth. And he's like, I do that all the time. And then, and the second was to love everybody. And this is back years ago. I'm not sure what decade it was in, but he realized that he did tell white lies. You know, like, I don't want to come tonight because I'm sick. Well, he wasn't sick. He just didn't want to go and say, you know what, I'm energetically, I'm not there today. And, the, uh, and he also realized when he was praying to his altar that he would have a picture of all the world leaders on there. And um, 
and he would say, hey, good morning, and, and also his, the, like Mother Teresa, or Buddha, Jesus, and he'd say, hey, good morning, Mother Teresa, good morning, Buddha, hello, George, and obviously George Bush was the president at the time, and he realized there was a dissonance, and he realized he wasn't loving everybody. I mean, can you imagine getting incarnated as some of the people on the planet right now? And so for me, it's how do I come from this place of love and awareness and, and, um, and, uh, and appreciation for the assignment they have? Because that really shifted me when I heard that. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question, but I'm just trying to figure out how do I show up for people? And am I okay with the way I'm showing up? It, it, it's causing me to think about, um, I'm also... Part of my well-being work, I got certified to teach uh, Search Inside Yourself, which is our um, mindfulness-based practice uh, training in emotional intelligence. And one of the components of that is compassion practice, you know, where you, you know, just it's kind of a meditative practice where you, you start thinking about other people and like, it, it's just realizing that we all have our challenges, you know, just like me. You know, they're having these struggles just like me. They want to be happy. They want to be safe. And they want to be at peace. You know, even the most difficult people in our lives. And another, another less uh, esoteric uh, aspect as we try to do at Google is this concept of like most respectful interpretation. Because everybody is, everybody is, you know, they're trying to get some need met. You know, maybe they're their need is not aligning with your needs and the, the, they're like really annoying to you at the moment, but there's, there's something they're trying to accomplish. And, you know, maybe just being, like you said, curious, uh, Michelle, you know, understanding their perspective. It doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but it helps to be, helps to be a little more compassionate. One of the ones, I think one of the things was like, it's like, it's always, I think it was the Dalai Lama who said like, uh, uh, that his advice was to be kind uh, when you can. And, it's always possible to be kind <laughs> when possible and it's always possible. <laughs> so, yeah. I think empathy is a, is a big one here. And I think, I think one of the things that we don't talk about enough is, you know, from a very early age, we learn to trust everyone around us before we learn to trust ourselves. And so when I look at all the global trends and data about trust or engagement, and I look at it with new eyes as I look forward, what I, what I think is fascinating is that, you know, all these organizations are reporting that engagement is low year over year, trust is low over year over year. And what I'd love to see is, is how do more people find their voice? How do more people find... Um, an ability to express themselves to community to communicate because community relationships trust they're very important but unless you have that trusting relationship with yourself um, it's it's always um, history is always repeating itself because we always think there's something better and the wholeness that's available to all of us is about becoming whole like I'd like to see more people get whole with their feminine and masculine side and not just say it's the patriarchy it's this or that or blaming things outside of ourselves it's it's this it's this journey of, of, of wholeness and well-being of understanding that there are different parts inside of ourselves that need to come together on this journey and learning how to trust ourselves is, is not as an easy thing because it's easy to blame the other it's easy to complain 
And so I'd love to get your thoughts or any stories that you have, um, including you, Tim. I mean, you've been going through some, some fascinating changes over the last uh, couple of years um, about, you know, how do you learn how to, how to trust your voice? How do you learn to come together? Because I have a real concern for our, our collective well-being. And I'll answer Michelle's question about if we had a ma magic uh, wand and create healing on the planet. For me, it's about us coming together and finding our different sides and, and, and acknowledging them, not separating them. And, and so what, what are some of your thoughts about, you know, the journey of becoming whole within ourselves so then we could build amazing communities and trust and relationships? I can jump on that. Um, you know, the model that I like to use is around whole person health and we call it quadrants of well-being. And it's an Asian philosophy of mechanical, chemical, energetical, psycho-spiritual. And, and I, I believe we got to go back to our kids and we've got to teach them. Just like, kind of like brushing our teeth. I'm guessing most of us here brushed our teeth today. And we got in, ingrained that it's important to take to have dental hygiene. And we've got to have that with our our physical body as well as our as our, our energetical body and our psycho-spiritual and our chemical body. But it's it's gonna take a couple, two to three generations and go back to our kids and and really help them. But our, we, we have such wounded parents for whatever, re you know, for many reasons, um, part of, probably, probably part of evolution. So I, I believe it starts with us having the courage to heal, our, to, to do our own healing work, and then to really figure out how do we get it down to our, our kids. I find that when I work with a, a child at a young age, usually under the age of 10, that they will tend to um, embody more of the well-being lifestyle uh, and, and maybe under 10 and then maybe after if they have a crisis at 25 to 30 years old, but you know, about age 12, you know everything, right? <laughs> 12 or 15. So I, we've got to get it. We've got to figure out how to get it back to the kids, but it takes us heal and do our own healing work. Absolutely. Janet, Vance, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Well, I, I like to go back to the just like me that Van was talking about because I use that exercise a lot in my work because we do so much, we're so busy othering everybody as though we don't do any wrong, as though we're the ones that are right and everyone else is wrong. And when we get stuck in that mode, it's very hard to get unstuck because we create a circle of people around us who believe that they too are the others. So that can be really challenging. And when we do that, just like me practice, and we realize that every single person we encounter just wants to be happy, we can think, okay, why are they doing what they're doing right now? And how is that gonna make them happy? Why did they think that what they're doing right now is going to make them happy? And if we look at it from that perspective, it gives us a little bit of insight into what's making them tick and allows us to communicate with them. But if we don't do that, we don't communicate. I'll throw one other tool out there. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the nonviolent communication work. Um, uh, and there's a real element of that if you, um, uh, I'm spacing on the guy's name now. Uh, he, he, put, he put it out in book form, but there's a program you can sign up once a year for that like is year long, it's 52 week long program. 
uh, that I highly recommend. And it's really um, a good way to develop some self-awareness around your needs and other people's needs and how to communicate around those needs in a nonviolent way. That's why I call it nonviolent communication. And uh, uh, yeah, I guess I'll just st stop there. I just stop. Anyone can go Google. Was that a Google reference? <laughs> or Bing. <laughs> they could Bing it. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, as, uh, as I've been listening, you know, very intently to everything that's been shared, and I think it's kind of come up, but the one thing that I, I've heard a lot of the, the questions being asked is how we change other people's mindsets. And that's not the question for me. It's how do I change my own mindset? And Every time, you know, and I mentioned some of the changes I've gone through, I've gone from removing myself from the workplace, creating an, a sustainable income for my wife and I to live off of, and then re-entering the workplace and how that's been looking. And I found going back into it, I went into it with open eyes and an open heart to explore what was possible. And when I start seeing what their requirements are, I don't blame them for having their requirements. I just have an honest conversation and say, why am I feeling this way? And who decided that? And once I can start approaching things that way, it lets me have a very honest conversation with myself that allows me to have an honest conversation with them. So I can continue to do some of the speaking that I do. I can continue to do some of the workshops I do. I can continue to have my business with my wife that I do at home when I come home from the workplace. And it's all these things aren't about changing somebody else's mind. It's just about changing my mindset and how I approach things. And to me, that's like the biggest thing. I, I mean, I don't try and change anybody. I just try and be there for other people. And I think that's that's the key to me is just being there for other people, but I can't be there if I'm not being true to myself and who I am. Uh, yeah, and I think, you know, it, it again um, allows you to experiment. I mean, this is the part that I think is really important because we've been taught that there are experts in the front of the room that have the answers. And everybody has, you know, when the guy today asked me, I mean, I was, I was, I was worried about his driving, but he was like, how could I find myself? <laughs> um, and I said, only, only you have the answer because, you know, one of the things that I learned in the last couple of years is no one knows. Um, you know, everybody pretends to know and we're trying to impress each other about how much we know and the beauty of life is, is the journey. And I'd love to hear from everybody about a little bit about um, if you're willing to, to expose this um, about, you know, not so much from, from, you know, where you work or what you're doing, but who you are and how you show up in the world and what's important to you and, and how, do you, how do you see your journey? Um, uh, I'd love to hear from each one of you about that because I'm curious. I'll, I'll jump in and start because <laughs> I think I finally found it after five decades on this earth. Um, <laughs> and I, and it, funny enough, it, it's been in my LinkedIn profile for, I think for about the last five years is, you know, 
I think my purpose is to help others feel like they belong. And there's so many people out there that, that are, are feeling lost that don't feel like there's anybody else like them. And I think this might just come from why Van and I are, are big into community building um, is because that's what we do in communities. We help people feel like they belong to them. And once somebody feels like they belong, they can really start to, to believe in themselves and they know they're not alone. And I, I, I know probably most of you have all seen the, the YouTube video of the crazy guy dancing on the hill, right? And, you know, that's how most of us feel. We feel like we're the ones who's everybody, everybody's looking at us because we're doing something different. We're doing something so crazy to everybody else that most of us are scared to do it. But all it takes is for you to be yourself and do what you want for somebody else to finally say, they're gonna come up and join you. And now you're not alone. And all of a sudden that turns into this whole community of people doing the same exact thing that you are doing, only now they're running up to be part of it because they don't wanna miss out on it. And, and I think that's the whole essence of, of kind of, you know, creating that belonging uh, for me and why it's so important because we do take those people that feel like they're alone and isolated out there and can help them connect with others who really are, are on a similar journey as them. And when they find that, that they're not alone, it changes everything as far as what they're able to do for themselves. I guess I will pile on with Tim. That really resonated for me about the helping people to belong. I, I know personally, growing up in rural Wisconsin, I was a very odd child. <laughs> and so uh, uh, I, I had a great family, but I didn't have a great peer group growing up. And so when I finally got to college and uh, found some like-minded people, um, and I, that kind of got me started on the community road. And then I, I kind of lost my way for a little bit, but then I kind of stumbled back onto it in my later years in technology. And yeah, seeing, seeing helping people to make connections. I mean, I, I, my career has been a lot around uh, technology communities before I got into the well-being space. But um, what I was really seeing was not that they necessarily they were learning technology so much as that they were making connections with people and 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 uh, being able to be themselves and and yeah I mean I've I've seen so many people blossom through my the communities I've worked with and like like the that video people like joining in and then they become the lead like and uh, there's there's probably twenty or thirty people that work at Google now as a result of the work community work that I was doing um, as well and. Yeah, yeah. I, I still, I still have that need for connection, and and I, just, I love this work because selfishly, the people that get involved in working with these communities are the most giving people and interesting people and caring people, and so I, I get to work with these great people uh, as well. So a, there's a selfish element of it for myself. <laughs> yeah. Could be just self-love, man. <laughs> So yeah, so so selfful, and 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 I will I I can chime in here is, is for me I feel like my whole journey has been about connection, and you know my business is your wellness connection, and it's way before connecting was cool, back in the in the nineties, 
um, but my I'm here and I'm here alive today because of the human connection. And so I'm trying to help my passion and mission is helping people reconnect to who they are. And, and I believe we are all we are all one and we're all from the same source. And and when I realize that I can't hurt you and I can't hurt myself, but we have to dial in to our own knowing of of what's good for me. Uh, you know, I can't tell you whether eggs are good for you or not, but I think if you dial in, you'll know if eggs are good for you. So um, that, that is my, my personal mission is to, to witness and see other people so that they will um, have enough compassion to take the risk to, to look at themselves and reconnect to their goodness. So that's what I'm here to do. Love that, Michelle. We are, we are all connected in a, in a really deep way. And, and I knew you were ahead of your time. So uh, thanks for uh, showing the path. Janet, what about you? I think for me, some of the realizations that I've come through over the last few years have been that I was very busy putting up barriers to keep people at a distance. And I don't know whether it was because I didn't think that they would um, I didn't think they would like me. I don't know. What it really was, was that I was hiding. And even though I was a community manager, I was still hiding. Fine online, don't talk to me. And I really, over the last few years, it's really dawned on me how important it is to have that real human communication. And I don't know, it, at some point, I turned a corner and I was like, oh, I kind of like this. And the other people that I've been drawn to, like you and, and Tim, are people that really are who they are, and I can be okay with that, and you're okay with me. And now I've found a tribe of people who are amazing to be with. They're accepting, they're loving, they're kind, and wow, I didn't have that. Like, like you, Van, I'm from Wisconsin too. Um, I really didn't have that as a child and now I'm cherishing it and I'm trying to show other people that they can have that too, that it isn't an isolated tribe. We're actually all one. So do we get to hear from you now, Ayala? <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I've lived in a lot of different places and worked in a lot of different places and for the longest time, you know, everybody was telling me to fit in and I never fit in. And uh, I'm loving this time in my life because I've jumped off the manual, um, jumped off the cliff without a parachute. Um, don't try that. That's metaphysical, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've got scratches and bumps and trusted the wrong people. Um, but, you know, then I step back and I said, what is it about myself? And, I, I'm here to find my tribe and connect with my tribe and more and more are showing up because I believe that we need to move from the battlegrounds, the battle lines that we have today and create more, more playgrounds. I think to what many of us have talked about is we forgot the kid in ourselves. We forgot that, you know, how to play. Um, and not just sit in front of a video game, but how to play with ourselves and how to have fun and how to laugh at ourselves. Um, I think that's, that's a big part of it. And, you know, most of the systems we have in the world today 
what I discovered is that we're always leading with structure where the opportunity is to lead with purpose. And what I mean by that is defining yourself by where you work. You know, the, when, when I left my corporate job, um, I went to an event uh, in the Silicon Valley and I had a very prestigious title, worked at a very successful tech company and all of a sudden I didn't have a title and I was going to this event and, and they asked me what my title was and I put on it janitor. And I went to this event and I, you know, there was Ayala Baron janitor, you know, from chief voodoo, whatever I was. Um, and it was a way for me to really also have people who are curious come up to me and say, hey, what are you talking about? And, and really change the conversation. And I think that for me sitting around like a dinner table, I'm, I, I like closer, um, smaller groups on the journey to really get to know other people, for people to understand. I think so much of our society is people talking at us all the time and people feeling like I'm not as good, I'm, you know, whatever's running in your head. And what I find is beauty in every person. Like I love ride sharing because I get to talk to the person. Of course, not everybody wants to talk and that's where I get a low score. But for the people who want to talk, and who want to connect you know it's an amazing thing to hear what people are going through and and to have that compassion and empathy especially if you're having like a great day or a crappy day like have fun and play and so i wonder in every aspect of life and, and life is very serious i think uh, van talked or, or michelle or janet or one of us because we're all one it doesn't matter who said it but all of us have been talking about energy and if we start looking at the energy flow in our lives, whether it's people or food, um, those are fundamental things for me on the journey. And I just want to, to play more and to laugh more and to have fun um, because my first memory in life is war. And if my side would have lost the war, I wouldn't be here having fun with all you guys. So it brought a deep reality into my life that, you know, there was a whole group of people who didn't want me physically on this earth. And so I am here to, to, to like all of us, to connect, to look at health and well-being. And I'm so excited that Mara has created this platform for us to have dialogue and and to build trust and i hope we can continue to have these conversations and really focus on people and so if 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 you're participating about this and you have a voice and you want to talk reach out to us we want to have as many conversations with people around the world um you know i've been very blessed i've worked in in every part of the world and i've seen you know some of my biggest inspiration has been in in some of the the poorest places on earth and where people have joy and they have nothing to lose and so you know i think i think we need that cross-pollination and that conversation on the journey so um I just wanna, I, I can't believe like how fast time flies when you're having fun. Um, and I just love to um, ask each one of, of you for like a closing thought about well-being after this conversation and wholeness. Maybe we can start um, with you, Van. I'm unmuted now. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna leave you with this quote. Um, this is actually from Lucille Zimmerman. She's a, uh, taking good care of yourself means the people in your life receive the best of you rather than what is left of you. 
Michelle? And you're speaking my language. I love quotes. Just had a new deck come out. And, um, you know, I guess here's think, thinking of quotes. Well, um, I've got one right here. Um, the most aligned relationships are the ones that consistently contribute to your happiness, growth, and fulfillment. The most misaligned relationships constantly deplete happiness, stall growth, and limit fulfillment. Choose wisely what you invest your heart and your life into. Elsie Grant. So I would say those are pretty, pretty wise words. But you have to dial in. You got to know yourself to trust it. Gosh, I don't have a quote. So now I feel kind of left out, but that's okay because I'm with my tribe. So for me, it's, it's really self-care is not selfish. Take care of you so that you can take care of others. That's the most valuable, most important thing that I can leave for anyone. Tim? Well, I like using my magnets because I think too many people think that they need to change who they are to change their mindset. But you can see it's as simple as just changing your approach to changing your mindset. So I, I wanna thank everybody for, for this conversation and connection. I wish I could give you each a hug, but I'm sending a virtual hug um, to everybody. And, and with huge gratitude, I think uh, people can continue the conversation with you and find you um, online. And, and if you're in Kansas City, I highly recommend you get to know Michelle. Janet, you're all over the place, but I know you've got some workshops coming up as well. And so people can connect with you. And, and Van, I mean, I know you're, you're working in technology, but I think you have so much wealth that people can learn from. Um, that's amazing. Um, so, you know, really staying in touch. We need to shift on the people side from the 20th century notion of transactions to relationships where we build trust and, and long-term community. And of course, on Connectil, we can have uh, dialogue circles and connect. Um, Tim and I are curating the people um, stream. And uh, when is that gonna happen, Tim? Um, all our conversations? <laughs> first Tuesday of every month. <laughs> Until we change it, right? Because, you know, people have to expect change. But right now, it's going to be the first Tuesday of each month. We're looking for uh, recommendations. I think uh, self-love, self-care, self-awareness, and community are the key um, beginnings um, of, of our journey together. So thanks, everybody, for being here. Um, look forward to continuing the conversation online um, and forever. Take care. <laughs>